Hey, good evening. Welcome to Elman City Church. How's everyone doing tonight? Woot. All right. It's nice that, uh, that like the back half's looking real good for those of you who are at home and streaming, but these front rows, like it's, I promise we're not sick up here and we did shower. So uh, maybe you're just saving room for people. I get it. The ones who show up and come in in a little bit, they'll have a good spot. So real good. My name is Lyle. I'm one of the pastors here. Just want to say welcome. Uh, we're so glad that you decided to join us tonight to worship with us. Uh, and then for those who are tuning in tonight, uh, we've changed some hardware. So our hope is you'll be able to stream tonight's service without any issue. We know the last couple of weeks, there's kind of been some weirdness going on with all of that, but hopefully we finally got that solved. So that's great. Um, yeah, if you're new, welcome. Uh, thanks for uh, taking a chance on Elements. Uh, we have something called the 10-minute party that's just for you. So at the end of the service, uh, Jack's going to be at the back uh, there at that back table. That's where we have the 10-minute party. He's just going to be back there for 10 minutes. That doesn't mean that you have to party with him for 10 minutes. It just means he's going to be there for 10 minutes. So then you go and maybe for a couple minutes. Uh, we want to hear your story. We want to get uh, connected with you. Uh, so you can head back there. We also have a free gift for you if you go back to the 10-minute party. Everyone in the room knows exactly what it is, and they'll say it with me. We have the best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon. It's that good that we've all memorized that statement because we've said it so many times. So make sure you get some of that. Uh, if you're tuning in at home, you can also text into a phone number. It's 520-340-6868, I believe. Did I get that right? Should be on the screen. 34068. Look at that. I remembered something. That's so good. That's so good. All right, 340-6868. Text the word hello to that number. You'll get a link. Just tap that, fill out the information uh, through there, and then uh, we'll be reaching out to you soon. Uh, so we've got the Church of the Week this week, and it is uh, Christian Faith Fellowship. I want to make sure I remembered to say that right. Christian Faith Fellowship, and they're Pastor David Dahlberg. Uh, that's who we want to pray for tonight. We pray for a Church of the Week every week because we recognize uh, God's not just at work here at Elements. He's at work in other churches in the city, and we want to be on the same team. We want to be for these other churches. So uh, as we get ready to worship together, let's all stand. Uh, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for Christian Faith Fellowship and their Pastor David. Uh, we're going to pray for ourselves tonight. Uh, and it's going to be a great night. So thanks for being here with us. So Lord, thanks for uh, the work that you want to do. Thanks, God, that you're already present in this place and that your spirit is alive and active and, and ready to, to work. Uh, and so that's what this time is for, Lord, is for us to just set aside uh, the cares of this life and the things, the burdens that we may be carrying into today. And we want to set those things aside so we can just focus in on you. We recognize that you're better. Jesus, you're better than everything else. Uh, you're worthy of our worship. You're worthy of our praise. And that's why we come to you tonight uh, for this time, is to give you the glory and the honor that you deserve. And so we ask that uh, you would prepare our hearts for the work that you want to do in us tonight. Just begin uh, to speak into our lives, and whether it be through a song, a lyric, something in worship, whether it be as we worship in the word, a, a passage of scripture, something that, that Pastor Jack has to share, whatever it is, God, um, we want to receive uh, the very best that you have for us. We thank you for Christian Faith Fellowship. We thank you for their Pastor David. We pray your blessings over them, God. We thank you that... Uh, that you've enabled them to do the ministry that they're doing here in town. And so God, just in their neighborhood, in the area that you've planted them here in Tucson, we ask that you give them favor. You'd help them find ways that they can connect with their community, that you would help them have the vision that they need uh, and have uh, just the support from their, their people that they need uh, so that they can make an impact in the way that you've called them to do so here in town. We thank you that we get to partner with so many of these churches uh, in Tucson uh, to make an impact for your kingdom. And that's our heart, Lord. 
that we would see this city uh, won over for Jesus, that we'd see more people come to faith in you. And knowing that this is one of the most unchurched cities in all of the country, God, uh, what a blessing it is that we uh, can do ministry in a place where there's such a, a fertile soil and such a, a harvest that can be uh, reaped, God. And so we pray for the workers. Would you send them out? Would you send us out as your people uh, to live the way that you want us to? That's what this time is for, is to feed us, to fill us up so that we can go out and be a light to this world, Lord. And so again, we thank you for the work that you want to do tonight. We just submit ourselves to you now. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Everyone said.
just swollen You calm the storm that surrounds me You just one word The darkness has to retreat You just one touch And I feel the power of heaven You just one touch My eyes are open to see My heart can't help but believe There's nothing that God can't it's not a mountain that he can move Oh, praise the name that makes a way There's nothing that a God can do It's just one word And you heal what's broken inside me It's just one Just one touch And I feel the power of heaven It's just one touch My eyes were open to see My heart can't help but believe hey, There's nothing that a God can't do It's not a mountain that He can't move He'll praise the name Faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe, all right, for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. So let faith arise, let all agree.
Turn to the place of worship. That's the place of your presence. And once we are there, nothing else matters because we find everything, and that's more than enough. So you are more than the things of this world, you are more than the money, you are more than the relationships, we, you are more than the things we chase. You're more than enough. So Lord, I pray for every heart tonight that may we find that in your holy arms. The completeness, the fullness of your grace and love. You have so much more for every one of us. So God, we surrender tonight. Lord, I surrender. I surrender my ways, and my thoughts, my plans, God. I surrender my anxieties, God, and I just give it all to you, Lord. So I bow down in worship and I praise the one who is seated above all things, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May you be praised in every heart tonight, God. So we submit ourselves, God. We turn away from the sin and we look at you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you and we pray all these things in your precious and your beautiful name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Uh, it is a joy to have you here with us on Labor Day weekend, worshiping with us. And, uh, you know, our heart, our passion, every single time we gather, whether you're joining us online or here in the room, is that we're creating a moment to be filled up with God. I was talking to, to someone before the service, and I said, just what's, what's God stirring in your heart? And he talked about just this journey that he's been on and, and how it's just become more and more real and more and more just a, a rhythm of how he lives. And, um, you know, that's what we desire for each one of you. Um, and so if we haven't met yet, I'm Jack, one of the pastors here. And, and uh, this weekend, uh, Labor Day weekend and next weekend, we wanted to take just a couple weeks uh, to look into some vision. Uh, and uh, let's see, how many of you have ever had an eye test done before, like an eye sight test? You've had one of those things where you're staring at, like, there's always the E that's at the 
the top, and you're like, I can see that. Everybody can see that. Uh, and then you have to go down the different lines. I remember a couple years ago, I went from, uh, <clears throat> how many of you wear glasses or contacts? Okay, so we're all among friends. Uh, some of you have perfect vision, and that's awesome. I hope it lasts the rest of your life. Um, but for us, for many of us, uh, we have these, these things called glasses. And I had to go from the normal glasses to the superhero glasses uh, a couple years ago. Some people call them trifocals. I like to call them superhero glasses because it uh, just makes me feel younger. Um, but like, so I had to go to those, and it, it, was, it took a little while to get used to them, to be honest. Uh, and because you kind of look out the top, and then you look out the middle, and then you look down at the bottom, and you like, sometimes you just take the glasses off because it's easier that way. Um, but anyone here in that journey... Just me. Okay, I'm old. Okay, so in that, this idea, one other person. Thank you for self-identifying with that. Uh, so this idea of vision is important. It's important for us to do a vision checkup. It's important for your health. Uh, it's also important for a church and for the health of a church. And so for some of you, you've been coming here. Uh, I met some of you. This is your first night here. So welcome. Glad you're here. Thanks for taking the courage to, to be here. For some of you, you've been maybe new in the last month or so. And so we, every so often, will circle back uh, to kind of the vision that we feel like God is kind of leading us in. And so tonight's kind of a refresher. And then next week, I want to spend some time kind of unveiling a little bit of the new vision that we feel like God's been leading us in uh, as a team. Uh, we have been in a process over the last year and a half with our leaders, so our board and our elder team and our staff kind of praying into and leaning into. This is, we've been calling this the year of dreaming. God, what do you have for Element City Church? I don't know if you know this or not, but next January will be our 10th birthday as a church, 10 years. And so uh, that's a great thing. Not every church that launches makes it, and God has protected and watched over and guided this church in this last decade, and so we're just kind of praying into, God, what do you have for Element City Church going forward, and how do you want to leverage us, and what do we want to focus on, and we want to have your vision for that, and so we've been in the process of reading books together, we've been uh, praying into that, we've had an outside consultant kind of coaching us through some, some great conversations wrestling with and seeking that, and so I want to unveil some of that uh, next Next week, and then also invite you as a church, us as a church, to uh, to something called uh, what we're going to call. It's really easy. It's it's catchy. It's a pray and play night. Here's what we do: we pray about the vision, and then we're going to play a bunch of games and hang out. So, see how catchy that is? It's really catchy. And so, we're inviting you to that uh, on September 16th. It's a Friday night. Uh, if you'd like to hear more about that, and then in January, we'll kind of launch and roll out uh, this vision that we're going to chase for the next five years plus uh, at Element City Church, okay? So, it's a little bit of a teaser next week. Kind of pray into it a little bit more. We'll continue conversations in January launching into that. So, it makes sense? So, just kind of giving you a little bit of where we're going in that. Um, but in the vision part, um, tonight I want to look back at what we have called uh, reach, equip, and send. Kind of our what we're about. Our vision's why we're about it, but our what, our how, we actually live this out. Um, if you think about it, every church uh, finds its basis of a church. Every church who is a leverage to scripture, leverage to Jesus, like has a commission from Jesus himself. Uh, the great commandment, 
Uh, you're to love one another as I have loved you. Jesus said that. And the Great Commission, you're to, Matthew 28, you're to go and make disciples. Like every church, that is the call of every church. The basis, the foundation of every single Bible-believing, uh, Jesus-focused church. Every church has that as their kind of their mission, their vision. That's the basis for it. Now, how you live that out is kind of like your flavor. Uh, how you go about doing that. How many of you like ice cream? Okay, on the count of three, let's all shout our favorite flavor, okay? You're thinking about it. You're thinking, I'm giving you time, thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. Okay, one, two, three. Mint chocolate chip, I heard that. And I heard a bunch of, like, Charlie Brown teacher voices that I couldn't decipher. Uh, But, like, okay, you all have a different flavor with that. Anyone know the most popular flavor in the United States? Vanilla. No, it's not. Actually, Olivia, reveal the answer now. Chocolate is actually the number one flavor in the United States. In the world, you'll see different things. Uh, Argentina is cookie dough. Go Argentina. Um, the one that was weird, was that, is that Japan? Green tea ice cream? Yeah, I'm never going there. Um, so green tea ice cream just sounds good. That's like a Tom Brady flavor. That's just milk. Okay, uh, like his is avocado, but anyway. Um, like this idea of, okay, different ice cream, different flavors, okay? So as a church, how we live out the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, we're going to have a flavor to how we do that. Every church is going to have that. Uh, and, and in the best way we know how, we've tried the last couple of years to really focus in on how we're going to live this out in our flavor. And kind of how we've labeled that in a way is to say, listen, we're going to be about reach, equip, and send. And so for some of you, you may have heard some of this before. For others of you, this might be fresh and new. If you're brand new and tonight's your first night, hey, you get to hear what we're about tonight. And so I want to walk through that with us because it's important for us as a church, just like it's important for you, to get clear vision and have clarity about what you're trying, so you can tackle everything that comes with you in life. And as a church, we want to stay focused on what matters most and how we're wired in a way. And so reach, equip, and send. Reach, we want to be a church that reaches up to love God and reaches out to love others. Here's what we mean by that. We want to be a church that, I was thinking even standing here backstage, um, I I went on a walk. I do walks most mornings. This morning I listen to worship music on Sunday mornings. That's typically what I do. I listen to podcasts, audiobooks through the week. But you know what I don't get when I listen to worship on a walk by myself with my AirPods in, I can have a worshipful moment, but I don't get to have a worshipful moment with you and with us. And there's just something about the people of God. And even maybe you're not here, or maybe you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus yet. You're just kind of spiritually searching. I think it's awesome that you're here. I know it takes guts to come to a new place and to be on that journey. And, and maybe for you, it's like, okay, I'm still trying to get my mind around what is worship and like, what is it all about? And we want to be a people who reach up to love God. Jesus said you're to love God and to love people. Like that's the great commandment. And you can't just love God like by giving a, a tip of the cap of like, hey, you're awesome, you're great. Part of loving God is, is worship. It's the core of our being, that we've been created. You have been created to worship God. Now, you may ignore him, and you have every right to do that. 
You may not even think that that's a real thing, and that's okay. But the reality of what we have been created for, God has created us to worship him, to know him, to connect with him. And worship is this idea of giving my allegiance and my affection to God, that he is my creator, and he's the one who wants to, he knows me best, and he wants me to know him best. And, and so my whole life is about that. Worship is way more than just singing songs. Hear that, okay? Uh, that Romans 12.1 says, listen, this whole idea of you are to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, but it's this idea of worship, God, that you're to give your attention. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of everything Jesus has done for you and everything God has done for you, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. This is your true and proper worship. That's way more than singing a song. But the, the beauty, the moment we get to create in church, whether you're watching online or here, the, the moment we get to be a part of worship encompass and, and wraps us into something that's transcendent, that's beyond what you can create. It's beyond what I can create. I can have a taste of it on my own, but there's something about the church gathered together and putting our attention and our affection in God's direction, in worship, that we're admiring him, honoring him, opening ourselves up to him together is a way of saying, God, we love you. Like, thank you for loving us, but we want to take a moment to love you. Uh, Revelation chapter 4 says, blessed are you to receive. Think about this. The creator of the heavens and the earth is able to receive from you and from me. Like, that's mind-blowing to begin to think that he, he doesn't need anything, but he's able to receive, because that's how love works. See, when you love someone, you give to them. It's just what you do. And when you like someone, you may or may not give to them, but when you love someone, you, you just give. It's a natural response of love. And the invitation through the scriptures is for us to not only receive the love God has for us, but then to turn around and love him back. God, we want to love you with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength, with everything we've got in this particular moment. The best we know how, we want to love you. And so the invitation to worship is to love God. It's also this challenge in the great commandment that you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You're to love people around you. You're to, to care about the people around you. You're to worship God and you're to love one another. To reaching out to love people. You're not trying to convince people or convict people or coerce people. It's a life centered on love and living out the love Jesus has for you so that others might experience it the best you can help them experience it. It seeks to include others, to be for people, to bless them, to share God's story of love and redemption and forgiveness and the hope that we have in Jesus that as you taste that, as you deepen your roots in that, that other people would begin to be invited a little bit closer to sense that in themselves. Author uh, David Kinnaman in his book called Unchristian a few years back interviewed hundreds of young people 
and understanding their perceptions and their experiences with Christianity, when it came down to the subject of evangelism, the overwhelming response was negative. People Kinnaman talked to felt bullied or manipulated. Only one-third felt that the Christians in their lives actually cared about them. Most of them felt like they were a project. And the struggle sometimes when it comes to evangelism is we think we've got to go save people. No, no, no. There's only one Savior. Guess what? You're not it. Neither am I. There's only one Savior. That's Jesus. That's his job. That is above your pay grade and is way above mine too. My job is to introduce people to the one who saved me. And my job is to love in a way that people might have an experience with the one that I've felt love from and that has changed me. We are to reach out relationally with love, to pray for folks, to listen to folks. We live in a culture that loves to talk. Part of the ways that you can love people is to listen. I did a funeral a couple days ago for a young man, 23 years old, passed away. His family is, uh, is dealing with this grief and this sudden loss. And, and part of what was helping the dad, who's estranged, was just listening, asking questions about his son asking questions about how things went sideways and just listening and, and, and giving not only condolences, but just a listening ear to say, man, that, that's tough. And, and to then offer just to pray with him. Like to literally pray with him. Here's the crazy thing. I don't know if you do this. I often do this and have in probably the last five years, I've tried to get better at this. I used to say when people would share something tough or they'd share a challenge and I would say, man, that's really a challenge. That's really tough. I'll pray for you. And then I walk away. And what happens when you round the corner someday a week or two later and you see that person, if you remember, you go, oh, that's right. They got that heavy thing going on or they got that challenge going on. And then you think, did I pray for them? Because I said I was going to pray for them. And then you throw up those arrow prayers like, oh, yeah, God, help them, right? Anyone ever done this, willing to admit it, okay? That's me. I've done that. What I've tried to get better at is actually praying with people right then and there. And not get preachy about it. Not to spend five minutes in a prayer. Ain't no one got time for that. But to spend 30 seconds praying for them, asking God to intervene and to, to, to be a part and active in their life, doing what only he can do, and being open to listen if God's nudging you to be a part of the process and maybe how you can come alongside and help. What if, what if the church, what if Element City Church and the people who call her home, what if we got a reputation of those are the people that pray with people? What if that became the reputation? Because friends, I think God longs for his church to actually pray with people, to actually be with people in the midst of the challenges that they're going through. Uh, to not just be around people, but to actually be with them 
in the midst of the struggle and the challenge and that the best way we know how we're trying to serve people and to help them, we're sharing the story of how God has helped us and come alongside us to encourage the hearts of those around us. Let your actions speak. When the time is right, we earn the right to speak up and to share about the story of God and Jesus' story. Uh, but it all begins with just being a person who will reach out intentionally and so here's the, one of the challenges we want to give you going into 2023. I'm going to challenge you to pray with people. What if, what if once a week you actually prayed with someone? Could be your roommate, could be your spouse, could be your, your child, could be a friend, could be a neighbor, could be a coworker. I don't care. But my hunch is God is steering people across your path. Could be a teammate that you actually take time to pray with them in that moment and ask God for him to do what only he can do and to be alert and open to how he might want to use you to partner with him and to be a part of the process and a part of the journey in that. And that we become a people who reach up to love God and we become a people who reach out to our neighbors and the people around us to love people in practical and tangible ways. And that we would have a heart to reach one and to continue to, to intervene and to pray with people, invite them to maybe serve alongside you, invite them to church when it's appropriate, when it's time, when you've earned the right to invite as you've invested in them. This is a long, slow, intentional investment in people. Not as a project, not trying to manipulate anybody, but as an investment that God actually knows your name. He really cares about you. And I do too. And that what if we as a church said, listen, we're going to be about reaching up, helping people grow in worship. Um, we want to create opportunities that every Sunday and other unique opportunities that we have in worship nights and in other ways that we're going to experiment with to help grow your heart to worship God. And that we want to help you and help us be people who love people, to reach out to those around us. Jesus reached out to you first, and he longs for you to partner with him to reach out to those around you. Luke 19, 10, this is what Jesus said. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That was his mission. That was what he was about back then, and it's still what he's about. So we want to be a church that reaches up and reaches out. We want to be a church that equips. A friend, as a follower of Jesus, you have giftings and abilities and passions and purpose. You are each unique, and yet we're meant to be unified. We're diverse in who we are, and yet we're called um, individually to be different. In that, we're different and we're unified. And we're all called to grow into maturity in our faith. And it really kind of goes back to the original call of what Jesus said to his disciples. Come follow me. Remember this? Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 20. Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee. sees two brothers, Simon, uh, called Peter, his brother Andrew. They were casting net in the lake. They were fishermen. That's why they're casting a net. That's what they were doing. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will have you fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Jesus' call is to follow him. It is that simple. 
And yet it is that complex. It's that intense. It's not know about me. That's where the American church sometimes gets a little sideways. Is we want people to know all about Jesus. Listen, it's important to know about Jesus. We got to study, we got to understand. But it's not just know about Jesus, it is follow Jesus. This is moving from a fan of Jesus who knows a bunch about him, and I can quote the stats about him, to being a follower who's actually walking in the footsteps and in the rhythms and in the patterns of Jesus. I'm learning to live more and more like him. That I'm becoming what they understood to be a disciple. A disciple, we've given the definition, if you haven't heard it, is a disciple is someone who knows and follows Jesus, is becoming like Jesus, and is committed to the mission of Jesus. That's what a disciple is. That's what a follower of Jesus is. That's different than just being a fan of Jesus who shows up at church once or twice a month and says, hey, I like it. I wear the jersey of Jesus. No, no, no. We're to be a follower. We're to be in the game. Like, in active participation in this. Discipleship is about people development. It's about equipping one another to be an apprentice or a student of Jesus. Not just knowing about him, but actually living more and more like him. Developing people of what God intends, that we would be equipped in a way that we would be more and better and deeper and richer follower of Jesus this year than we were two years ago. That the progress in that is what it's about. You will make mistakes. I have, I do, I will. You will make mistakes, but we get back up and we keep going in the process of being a disciple. This is what Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. He says, Christ himself gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip his people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up and reach unity in the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We don't want immaturity. That's a fan. A fan is just someone who knows about Jesus and wears the jersey occasionally. Listen, we have an issue in our country of a bunch of fans of Jesus. And they've created a lot of tension where people struggle to understand what does it really mean to be a follower of Jesus? Well, that means I'm actually becoming more like him. I'm giving my allegiance to him. I'm walking this out, not just quoting the stats. There's a difference in that. And as a church, we want to equip you to be that follower of Jesus, to mature in your faith, uh, to be unified in how we go about that, but uniquely that you would get to live that out in your giftings and your calling and your passions that he's birthed and placed and stirs within you. Mature people have an expanding impact in the lives of others. Immature people don't. And so as God grows you into maturity spiritually, he gives you a bigger responsibility and more avenues in, to have an impact and to have a reach. Pursuing spiritual growth and development, God's sanctifying work within us, is meant to be a normal thing, not an optional thing. And for a lot of people in the Western Christianity, it's like that's an option. Okay, well, I can pray a prayer and like get my Willy Wonka golden ticket to go to heaven when I die. But see, that's not what Jesus said. 
Jesus said, follow me. Not pray this prayer and get to go to heaven when you die. Listen, that's a great benefit of saying yes to Jesus. But it's way more than that. It's this invitation to actually live like he would live in your spot and in your shoes. That spiritual depth matters in a superficial world. And in our world, where we can get lost in superficiality, spiritual depth matters. We want to be people of depth. It's people of depth who inspire you. And we want to become those people of spiritual depth, of being that apprentice, that follower, that student, that disciple of Jesus that actually is able to speak into moments and into the lives of people who are struggling, that we're able to provide the hope that Jesus is the one who gives. We're just pointing people to him in that. And so we want to equip in a whole bunch of different ways. We try to do that in our weekend service. That in the ways that we're creating the worship times that we're here, as we're looking into the scripture, we're going to spend the next month or so, a couple months actually looking through First and Second Thessalonians here in a couple weeks. And, and we do that every so often. We go through books of the Bible. Uh, and then we'll come back and do some topical series. That's just how we are. It's how, who we do and, and, and what we're about. We want to provide serve opportunities. We often grow when we get out of our comfort zone. Uh, we do a second Saturday food distribution. Guess what is next Saturday? Second Saturday. And, and so we do a food distribution where we pack on Friday at Carry Ministries all the food boxes and we give them out here from about 8 to 9.30 next Saturday. If you would like to serve and kind of get out of yourself and everything about you in life, then come serve with us. If you don't, then don't. Like, this isn't a guilt trip thing, but this is an invitation to say, maybe serving is a way that you can begin to partner with what God wants to do and how he wants to grow and deepen you. You want to serve with e-kids here? You want to serve in our tech ministry, serve in our security team, our safety team? Sure, we'll, we'll give you places and opportunities to serve around here. There's probably places that you can serve around uh, avenues that you have connection to. And so look for serve opportunities. Begin to own your own faith and the rhythms of practice that you can do. The rhythms of practice that Jesus models so much in his life as we study about him. And, and that you begin to live that way. One of the ways that I have tried over the last probably decade of my life is to get better at Sabbath. Do you know what Sabbath is? We're going to talk about this over the next couple of years. Sabbath is literally stopping producing. That's really hard for type A. That's really hard for people who work from their phone and who never turn it off. I'm saying this as a self-confessional. You know what I've started doing on Fridays? Trying to put my phone in the focus mode where it's do not disturb. Now, I want you to reach out to me if you need me. But it may take me a, a few minutes to get back to you. Because what I'm trying to do is to stop producing. We live in a culture where you are what you produce. And yet the invitation of Jesus is to rest in him. And I can't live more and more in the rhythm of Jesus if I don't practice the rhythm of Jesus. And so sometimes Sabbath is one of those practices that it forces me to let go of producing and actually just resting. And that is a challenge in the cultures that we swim in at times. That's one example. 
There's hundreds of examples. I, I just We want to provide opportunities for you to, to, to be discipled in a host of ways. We talk about the YouVersion Bible app and maybe developing just a rhythm of reading the scriptures on your own and meeting God in that. We want to work uh, in this next year or so developing some discipleship digital tools. Here's what I know about you, what I know about me. Your phone is in your pocket almost 24-7. You, we have you here for one hour a week. So what can we do to help meet you where you're at and help you grow as a disciple? We're going to work with that. We're probably going to fail sometimes. I know we're going to do some things that are like, Ooh, that was dumb. Yeah, we're probably going to do that. But we're going to do our best to equip you to grow in your faith. We can grow some on our own, but we'll never grow to full maturity all alone. And so groups matter to us. One of the best ways to equip you in your journey of faith is to be in an e-group or to be in a discipleship group. The two definitions of that as an e-group is just a group of people who are maybe in a similar life stage, similar season, living life together, studying the Bible for life change, leaning into Jesus, and just living life together. A discipleship group is no more than four people for about 26 weeks going through a curriculum together to understand what is it, what's the theology behind who Jesus is and what he's about. How do I grow as a disciple? And we actually have some material we lead people through. And so if that's of interest to you, there's a sign-up list in the lobby where you can sign up. You can email in and say, hey, I'm interested in that. We've got some people that can lead through discipleship groups in that. It's this committed micro-group adventure. E-groups are just containers of people all throughout the city that are trying to live life together. What we do know is you can't equip you to be a mature follower of Jesus as the Lone Ranger. We can help you in that, and we're going to work on that. But to be in a group is the best thing you can do to help you grow in that. And then the third final focus as a church is we want to not only reach, equip, we want to send each follower of Jesus is to live as a sent one. John 20, 21, the first thing Jesus said after the resurrection, here's what he said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. So I send you. You, we are to live as sent ones. In your sphere of influence, in your connection, in your family relationships, in your work scenarios, in your, on your teams, in your friendships, that you are to be a representative of Jesus wherever you're sent, wherever you go. Paul writes, for the love of Christ compels us, that we're being compelled to actually live for him. We're to be these people who live on mission. Here's how he says it in 2 Corinthians 5. Christ's love compels us, controls us, is what he says. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Verse 20. So that we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through you, through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That we are to live as a sent one. Everybody on the planet matters to God. The question I have to wrestle with myself is, do they matter to me in this moment? 
because sometimes I get grumpy. Anyone here ever get grumpy? And I start seeing the people around me and go, gosh, I don't know if, uh, does God really love them? I don't know if I have time for them. And the truth is, no, God's got to work on my own heart to say, no, no, let's stop, take off the grumpy pants. And let's put on the compassion pants here that Jesus says that you're to walk like this. You're to be my representative wherever you go. This isn't something that you get to clock out of. This is something where you are a part of this journey all the time. And so we are to live as sent ones. And we need to help people encounter the truth of the love and compassion of Jesus, which means we have to live as a sent one with compassion and with the grace of Jesus. We won't change people through protests or arguments or nasty online comments. We can help them begin to see the truth of God's heart by how we live and how we love. God has put some specific people in your life that he longs to partner with you to make an impact and to reach. And to live as a sent one is to say, God, help me to care about the people you care about. Help me to see them. Help me to zero in on them. Tim Keller has this quote, being public about your faith simply means not hiding the wellspring of your life, not hiding who you truly are. That it's just letting it overflow in how you live. If Jesus is influencing your life, you're letting that influence begin to shine and show through. As N.T. Wright talks about, we've used this phrase a lot, is we're to live as an active agent for God and to be about God and his good in this world. That as a follower of Jesus, you're an active agent for God and his good in this world. And that you've been invited as Jesus was sent, he now sends us to represent him and to live for that. Each follower of Jesus is to live as an active agent for God and his good in this world. Christians, you don't just attend church. You are the church. That's the call that we are to have. We gather together to reach up and to refresh one another and to lean into God's refreshment, but we scatter to be the church through the week. See, we want to be a church that reaches, helps people reach up and worship, that reaches out to those around them, that equips you to grow in maturity in your faith, to understand what it means to know Jesus, to live more and more like him, to be a disciple. And we want to challenge you to live as a sent one, and that when you walk out these doors, you didn't just attend church and you check it off. You are the church, and now you live on mission wherever you go and with whomever you bump into and how you interact, that you live as a sent one, an active agent for God and his good in this world, that you pray with people, that, that you're listening to people, that you're inviting them closer to, to understand maybe what Jesus has done for you. And so as a church, our vision and how we live out the flavor of the great commandment and the great commission is that we want to reach and we want to equip and we want to send. That's what we're about. That's what we're about. Now, it's deeper than all that and it's a whole lot more, but that was 35 minutes of here's what we're about. Here's how we're going to try to live this out. And so, friend, I don't know what one of those hits you, the reach, equip, or send, but my hunch is one of those three, maybe the Holy Spirit is nudging your heart to say, hey, let's go on a journey a little bit more about this. 
maybe for some of you, it's, you know what, I, I admire God, but I, I don't know if I've really gotten in tune to giving my affection and my allegiance fully to him. I admire him, but I want to grow in that reaching up to worship him. I want to grow with a heart to actually reach out to people around me. I, I want to grow in, in being equipped to actually know what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to, to live out the rhythms of Jesus, to grow my roots deeper into cultivating the kind of heart that Jesus would have in my place. Or I want to even see my life to live on mission as a sent one, to kind of be an active agent for God and the good in the world. Like, I don't even think that way on Monday. But what if, what if God wants you to think that way on Monday or on Wednesday or on Thursday? So which one of those do you feel like maybe you and God need to have a conversation about to say, hey, let's, for the next few months, let's work on this. Let's align ourselves a little bit more, be open to, to this a little bit more. And so, Father... As we end tonight in worship, as we just kind of set our hearts on you in admiration of all of who you are and what you've done, but Father, in, in deepness, in, in a deeper calling, we want to bring our allegiance to you. God, we want to love you. And part of growing in our, our love for you is to love the people that, that you love and to care about the people that are not here yet, to care about the people that are, are down a couple cubicles over from where we work or in our neighborhood around us or a teammate that maybe we don't know that well, a coworker that you're trying to work in their life and, and, and you're asking us to partner with you, to live as a sent one, to equip and deepen our roots that we would know you, that we become more and more like you, so God, for each person that's watching online or here in the room, I think there's a journey that you're, you're whispering, you're inviting them into. And so we take 30 seconds right now, God, and we just hit pause. And with great simplicity, God, we're asking, Jesus, where do you want us to focus? Ask that for yourself. Where does Jesus want your heart to focus a little bit more. Reach, equip, send. Holy Spirit, we invite you to keep nudging our hearts toward what you're revealing, where you're calling, where you want to lead us individually. Corporately as a church, would you help us to drill down, to be a church, a community of people rallied around Jesus that are reaching up in worship, reaching out to love those that you love, that's equipping ourselves to live more and more like Jesus, rooted in him, becoming more like him and living with this mission heart as a sent one. So God, as we worship you in this next song, would you stir our hearts afresh tonight, we pray.
loves us, where he finds us. But what I love about that song is that his love is too good to leave us there. That you have a next step, friend. So do I. That that part of the love of God is to continue to lead you into continual next step after next step after next step in growing to know him, inviting others to, to meet him. And so may God continue to show you what your next step is. May you continue to have the courage to walk into that. And may you enjoy the journey of how he works in your life in that journey. And so it's been a delight to worship with you together tonight. Uh, A couple just quick things as we leave. Uh, We do giving around here a little bit different. So thank you to all of you who are financial partners with us. We don't pass a plate here, but we've got giving boxes in the back. Most folks give online or through the app. And so if you're new, download our app. That's a way that you can be a part of just investing here. It takes real money to do real ministry and to be about what we're about. And so thanks for your partnership in that. Second Saturday food distributions next weekend. packing on Friday morning and we give it out Saturday morning. All the information is in the app under events for that information for the pray and play nights. And uh, just we're throwing it out first time you're hearing some of you know, but we are looking to maybe do a Holy Land trip in 2024, two years from now, uh, giving you time to kind of save money for that. Uh, If you are interested in that, October 2nd is going to be an info night about that. So you can read all about that in the app. Uh, If you happen to be new, we're doing a 10-minute party in about 32 seconds right back there in that corner. I'd love the opportunity to meet you, kind of ask how you found us and answer any questions you might have. Dinner tonight is out at Sauce and Payway, which is Broadway, just west of Craycroft. Uh, So we have a group of people to go out for dinner every, uh, every Sunday night. So if you want to join that, feel free. Uh, they'll be there in about 20 minutes. And uh, glad that you're here. Let me pray a blessing over us as we go. So Father, would you help us individually, corporately as your church to reach, to reach up and worship, to reach out to those that you love, to equip and to be equipped, to be a follower of Jesus and to live now as a sent one, partnering with you and what you're up to in the world. Would you go with us now, we pray, and allow us the opportunity to gather again here next Sunday. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you all. We'll see you. I'll see you at the 10-minute party.